2022. So with regards to mm, practicing this cultivation of the mind and having mindfulness, that if we have a lot of mindfulness then we draw close to the Buddha. So as we're all aware that this sati means mindfulness or recollection, sampajanya, this clear knowing. And so we can have these two qualities in the body or in Vedana, in the feelings. And so in the feelings, uh, this is uh, Vedana, Nupasana, Satipatthana, this foundation of mindfulness of feeling. And so kind of fixing our awareness on these feelings, establishing our awareness there. It's like when we sit in meditation and there can be various um, Vedana, various feelings that are present within the body. And so wherever there are these feelings present, then we can know them right there. If there's any pain or aches or feelings of tiredness within the body, this is Vedana, we can be aware of that. Or perhaps we go off to work and then we come back and have mindfulness there of the um, aches and the tiredness within the body from that work. And so this is kind of picking up this Vedana and having mindfulness of it. We can be aware of the movements of the body as well and the feelings within the body when it moves. And when the mind comes together through this um, establishing of mindfulness here, then samadhi can arise and the mind can feel much lighter, the body can feel buoyant. And sometimes the feelings, these aches and pains of the body from having gone to work, they can disappear. And the mind becomes very still and quiet and it separates out from these feelings and sees that these feelings, they're one thing and the mind is something else that they're they kind of, uh, they're different, they're not the same thing. <clears throat> See, the Vedana is just Vedana, the body is just a body. It's just a collection of these four elements. And so there's not a being, an individual, a me or a you, within the body or within Vedana. And so this is being aware of the feelings there, and then possible through this that the mind can become quite bright and through having that mindfulness there. But at times you also need to um, put up a bit of a fight with this as well, with these painful feelings. <coughs> and training in that way can bring strength to our minds. So when there is there are these feelings that um, come up, that's due to the operation of the nervous system in the body that these nerves send signals to the brain. And um, for example, if there's some problem within the body, it sends this signal so that it's able to fix whatever's going on. And, but if those nerves are damaged, if they're not working well, then there isn't any feeling that arises. 
um, in the body. And so these feelings depend, um, and our perception, our awareness of them, that we're able to receive them, depends upon this nervous system working. It sends that signal to the brain, the brain receives that, it knows that there's something that's going on, and then we're able to fix that problem. Uh, for example, if um, a hand comes in contact with fire, and then there's a feeling that comes to the brain and it knows the sensation of heat. <clears throat> but if there's some issue with this, or there's some problem with the brain, then we may not receive any of these sensations. Even we may get surgery, but there's no feeling there, because the nerves aren't working. So when we meditate, um, then there's feelings that come up during that meditation as well. And we should understand that these two are um, a form of Dhamma. And if we sit for long periods, then there will be painful feelings that come up and we can watch those painful feelings and we may be able to cross over them. And sometimes this is what uh, the great teachers have done and what they've taught is that you sit for long periods and we endure with the painful feelings, we put up a fight. And what's that like? If we sit for one hour, maybe increase that to two hours, increase it to three hours, then what kind of feelings come up within the body? What kind of pain comes up? And we can know any pain that arises. It's possible for the mind to separate out from that. And um, this is what practitioners go through. And so for myself, I have an experience of this. When I got malaria, there was a lot of pain within the body. It felt like the whole body was um, seething with pain. But I brought my mindfulness to the breath, to the in-breath and the out-breath, and it could gather together into samadhi and then separate out from these painful feelings. I could be aware that these feelings were merely that, just feelings. They weren't a being or an individual, a self, a me, a you. So sometimes we do need to train like this. We need to practice the Dhamma in this way. Because if we practice uh, the Dhamma, then the Dhamma comes to care for us, it looks after us. And we can gain clarity, we can see clearly. So sometimes there are problems that arise within the body. And our mind really has to put up a fight within that, so that the mind doesn't just get sunken into those painful feelings, or it doesn't become oppressed by them. And at the very least, we can have mindfulness there, paying attention and knowing these feelings, so that it's able to see clearly into them, and then eventually can separate out from them, that these feelings are one thing, the mind is something else. And we can gain an understanding into that. And then this is a good training for when there's a lot of pain that comes up in the body. And then the mind can be aware that this is not self. That it's not me who's feeling this pain. It's not a person who's feeling this pain or these aches 
It's just nature. It's just Vedana. It's just one of the khandas. It's not the mind. But if the mind doesn't have mindfulness, or the energy, the strength to the mind is insufficient, then it will fall into the understanding that I am someone who has pain. I am someone who is experiencing these aches, and this is me. But the truth is that that's not how it is. And the reality is that it doesn't have these things. It doesn't have a self. Or like when the various um, sensory experiences arise within the mind, and then we can like those or dislike them. There's proliferation that comes up. But in truth, these are also not self. But it's the delusion there that gives us the impression that this Vedana, this feeling is me. It attaches, clings to it as being a self. And that's what ignorance is like. And this ignorance is what causes suffering to arise. And so we run into problems then when we don't have enough mindfulness, when our samadhi isn't strong. And these strong feelings come up and we feel like we can't bear with them, we can't endure. So we need to train first initially with just small amounts of these painful feelings. But as we train, then we can sit for longer and longer, and then we will eventually be able to cross over them. And this is a very important um, thing to practice with, to meditate with. And it's a good training for when we become ill and sick, and we have the mindfulness and the wisdom to be able to understand these feelings to know what they are, so that we're able to separate out from them, not attach to them. So with practicing, being aware, establishing, uh, or fixing our awareness with these uh, feelings, you can fix them with the feelings in the body or the feelings in the mind. And knowing them, contemplating them, seeing clearly into them, and through that we can see the Dhamma. So for people who have a lot of wisdom, then they can contemplate, be mindful of the Dhamma. And people with less wisdom than that can be mindful of the mind. And then people with less wisdom, less barami, uh, they need to have mindfulness over the body or over these feelings. So like if we do walking meditation for long periods and we get tired and achy, then we can think to ourselves, well, before this tiredness, it wasn't there within the body, but this is something which has arisen and it's staying now and it will cease. It's something which is not self. And the feelings that arise within our hearts are the same. These feelings of happiness, feelings of sadness. We can have mindfulness there, knowing them and knowing that there are causes which has brought them about. And when those causes disappear, then that emotion will too disappear. And that's how it goes. So why is it then that the mind clings onto them, understands them as being me and mine? It's because of delusion. 
And when delusion is present, then that's the cause for suffering to arise. And the cause for us to stay stuck, um, cycling between birth and death in samsara. It's because of that delusion. So when there's sense contact that happens, <coughs> then we understand all of that as being me. So we oftentimes um, sit in meditation maybe once or twice during the day. And that gives us a good opportunity to contemplate how these things are not actually me. It gives us some space. It gives us um, a period where we kind of don't have to feel that way. But if we don't um, practice, if we don't meditate, then as we grow older and older and sickness arises, then our minds just don't have enough energy. And they'll just follow all of the things that they think, they'll follow all of their emotions. If there's great suffering in the body, then we'll get really annoyed and angry. <coughs> or the mind can just be really unsettled <coughs> and scattered. And this can happen especially when the body gets quite old and these problems arise within the body and we've never practiced before. <coughs> it can be a lot of chaos. Uh, the mind can be very unsettled. And this also gives um, disturbance to all the people around that person as well. And then sometimes the people, the one who is sick and the people who are looking after them don't understand each other as well. And those who are healthy, they don't really know what it's like for that person who's unwell, for that person who has all of this pain in their body, who's bedridden, who can't really move about. Maybe they have um, Alzheimer's or Parkinson's disease and they're looking after them but they don't really understand what it's like to be like that. They don't really understand how much suffering that is. So we need to practice first so that when sickness arises we have the Dhamma there to depend upon, to take refuge in. Because We've already taken refuge in the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha, but this shouldn't just be something that we, we mouth, something that we just say. It's something that we need to put into practice as well, and we take this practice of ours as homage to the Triple Gem. And then when we understand clearly, then we can separate the mind out from the body and from the feelings. And the pain that we experience uh, can get less and less. So practitioners need to walk this way, need to practice this way. We shouldn't be abandoning our efforts. We should be establishing our minds well. And this effort is something which is really important because we're only able to free ourselves from suffering due to effort. So we shouldn't be come disheartened, we shouldn't retreat. Even though it may be difficult, we must carry on practicing. And because we have this belief, this faith in this path of sila, samadhi and panya, of virtue, collectedness, wisdom, we have a firm belief in it. So we must 
set ourselves on that, have that faith, have that uh, desire, really have a mind which is kind of given to this practice, supporting this practice constantly. And in the end, we will understand the Dhamma with clarity. We will be able to attain, we will be able to get Maga, Pala, Nibbana, the paths, the fruitions and Nibbana. So therefore, we need to think and contemplate um, where we're at in our lives. And we shouldn't be heedless due to our youth or due to, due to the strength of our bodies. And we see how the world is in a chaotic state and the world's very deluded as well. And it's uh, due to this delusion that everything is chaotic, that people harm each other in the way that they do. But for us, we have the Dhamma, and so we should have kindness and compassion towards each other. And we try to maintain our mindfulness, whether standing, walking, sitting, lying down, be mindful there. And have this um, knowing, looking at the body, looking at the feelings in the body. And this is the path um, that can take us out of suffering. In some places, some kind of meditation traditions, they really focus on uh, being mindful <coughs> and knowing uh, the feelings in the body. And this is very good. And we can watch these feelings until uh, we gain understanding, until our mindfulness settles there and we're able to separate uh, the mind out. And this is very good, if we can do this. And there was one monk who had uh, cancer uh, to the fourth stage. And um, kind of, it was so bad that like, his, his bones were kind of jutting out. But he really put up a fight with that until his mind became very bright and was able to separate out from the body and from that pain. And this is something that is really not easy to do. You know, to really put up a fight in that situation, having um, fourth stage cancer. And he thought to himself, well, if I die, then I want to die meditating. So he carried on reciting Buddha, Buddha, until his mind became still and peaceful, and it could separate out from the body, from the feelings. And so this Dharma is something that's very amazing and it's something that all of us should train in to really practice to the fullest of our efforts to take it for real. Because it's something that we do really need to, to put everything into. <laughs> and we take it that if it isn't good, then let it die. And if it won't die, then make it good. And if we practice sincerely like this, then we will attain to Magapala, Nibbana. But if we don't take it for real, then we won't get there. And so we need to kind of give it everything we've got to not hold back. If it's not good, then let it die. And then if we don't die, then we must get something good from this. So may you all set your hearts on that. <coughs>